the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us today. Busy show. Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, coming up in a little bit. Uh, Buffs basketball. Final game. Heading to the Christmas break. We take on Utah Tech, the artist formerly known as Dixie State. So uh, Mark will join us to talk about that. And recruiting as much as he can talk about it. Mark's somewhat limited with his role at CU about what he can what he can comment on. But uh, the Buffs yesterday, five high school signees, the rest were, were transfers. And you, you look at you know the, the high school numbers for Colorado. They're not they're not great when it comes to the high school class. It's ranked 98th. But you take the transfers that are coming in, and the Buffs' average player rating is 93.13, which leads the Big 12, and is second nationally to Georgia, who had the best recruiting class yesterday. Ooh. So you, you take the transfers and the high school players, and Colorado has the second best class for 2024. I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah, and, and it gets back to the question we talked about with the Sean, I believe it's the Sean Keeler article about high school recruiting in the state. That for Colorado, let's let's be honest about it. Uh, it's Deion Sanders has not been particularly interested in high school players in the state. With the departure of Bill O'Boyle and Tim Brewster, who are the two. Guys that he had as his contacts with with prep coaches in the state. There's gonna be criticism of that, and and I and I get that. I I wish, but the transfer portals changed. Sadly, for high school players, has changed everything. And it's always and it's been a struggle for a while, in terms of whoever's been the coach at Colorado or in times Colorado State, of recruiting in state. I was gonna say this is. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is nothing new because you have now, I will say this, it's amplified because it's Deion Sanders. The coach prime effect, we talk about this sort of, you know, mystical. I'm bringing Louie with me. This sort of mystical energy around the coach prime effect. You know, I don't want to say gone are the days of your Philip Lindsay's, but we have to kind of remember Philip Lindsay was a little bit of an oddity that a Colorado kid would play prep, you know, prep football Colorado, in the state of Colorado, get to CU, had to kind of claw his way in to a role at CU, became really good, but was never going to be, he got, he was undrafted, went to his childhood team, the Broncos. We all loved him then, and now I still, I still always hold my boy Philip Lindsay, you know, near and dear to my heart. But that was kind of an outlier. The conversation about recruiting in the state of Colorado has unfortunately not, it's not always been all, you know, rosy. For a lot of, I mean. It's not as good as it should have been. It's, it's and, not. And, but and, and, I, and I think that when you look at, like, so with the portal now and what it can do, where, where coaches can, and not just Colorado. This isn't just an indictment on Deion Sanders or or anybody else. It it does now afford 
you a different way of building your roster. It's, right. As opposed to the traditional, let's go out, let's recruit high school kids, let's sit in living rooms, let's tell mom and dad, hey, your, your, your son's going to be take, well, you know, well taken care of in our program. Some of that still has to go on, but it, but it does change how you, it's, it's free agency well, to, it, to a certain degree. And I, I think you could look at, and I'd have to ask my, my friends in the state of Nebraska if this is true, because I got I a buddy who covers high school sports in the state of Nebraska and what the kind of pipeline is from prep sports in the state of Nebraska to the Cornhuskers. I, you could probably look at the Cornhuskers roster and see it's probably a litany of Texas, California, Georgia, Alabama. You know, these Power Five programs, by and large, not just recently, but over the course of many a year, they've gone out and recruited in your hot spots, your hotbeds for high school sports your Texases, your Californias, your Georgias, your Alabamas, your Floridas, because that's where they presume you're going to get the most talented. You're going to get the, the largest pool of available players to come and play for your team and give you the best chance to succeed. They would not be doing their jobs if they didn't try to seek those players out. And it's unfortunate because the in-house or in-state players that probably would have just as much talent or just as much, you know, desire to play for that team, they get swept under the radar because it's not quite as big a hotbed as, like I said, Texas and Florida and whatnot. So this is not, to me, a new issue. I think it's only really getting amplified because of where we are in terms of transfer portal and college athletics as a whole and because it's Deion Sanders and everything he does is either going to get met with the most praise or the most criticism and sometimes both at the same time, you know? Right, and, and looking at, I'm just looking at Nebraska's roster, Two Colorado kids on it from the, the, the roster of the season that just concluded Yes, for Nebraska. This doesn't include transfers, signings, because there's a Colorado kid that uh, did sign with Nebraska. Uh, lineman, uh, no, safety, uh, Rex Guthrie from uh, Heritage. Uh, so he signed with Nebraska. Also, Landon Davidson, offensive lineman from Broomfield, signed with Nebraska. He got a lot of, he had a lot of Nebraska kids on their roster. They have a lot of kids from Nebraska. But um, how many of them are starters? You know, that I don't know. I you know that that I don't know. But but a lot they do recruit. Give give Nebraska some credit on this. They they do recruit their their home state kids pretty well. And I, look for Colorado, I'm not you have to you have to put the roster together the way you feel like best suits you and and your coaching staff and how you want to build a program. For Deion Sanders, I, I just don't – the thing I don't like is when I hear – I forget which – it was one of the post stories about one of the – might have been a Cherry Creek player, I remember. They got invited to a barbecue for CU, and and and, the, and then they never really – they kind of ghosted him after that. Just be honest with people. Just be honest with these young men about what what your intentions are. If, if you're not really interested in them, they don't feel like you're a good fit for whatever reason – 
then just be blunt about that so so they can move on and not feel like, oh, there's an opportunity here. You know, the, the stories like Ryan Moeller that played a rifle. That that to me is still one of the great stories of a kid that they could have went and played elsewhere. I think he might have got an offer from UNLV. I don't remember exactly where Ryan got his D1 offers, but he got offered by a lot of D2s. He, it was his dream to play for Colorado. He walked on at Colorado and ended up starting at Colorado. It was a big part of that defense that played, played with Philip Lindsay. Uh, the year they had the rise, the year they won the South. And for Mike McIntyre, and it was, hey, Colorado football's back. And he was a big part of that success that they had on the defensive side of the football. He walked on, had to earn a scholarship. Those stories are are few and far between. We had one of those in the, in the Coach Prime series. A uh, young man's name escapes me right now, that uh, front range kid that walked on and was at Colorado uh, before Dion got there, ended up getting getting a scholarship and staying on the roster. But I, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a different world now. NILs change things. The transfer portals change things the most, though, and. And then so when you look at these things, you have to evaluate. You can look at, like I said, you can look at the prep. The prep rating for Colorado is not very good. But the transfer with the 16 guys coming in, all those offensive linemen that are coming in, it elevates it to be the second best group in the country. That's just yeah. crazy how it, how it all works out. And, and so we'll talk with Mark Johnson coming a little bit about it. Uh, they're still waiting on Jordan Seaton because he's verbally committed. On but, national television. But Maryland's apparently got some uh, strong interest in him. I'll just say this on the Jordan Seaton thing. Just geographically, and I mean no disrespect to any of our fine friends out in, out in Maryland. Oh, be careful. You know our good friend Petey Pope. That's where do you, where do you think he comes I, from? I know. I know. Okay. I know. Went to his retirement. But also, I went to his retirement shindig yesterday. And so, so well deserved. So many people showed up. It was great. Oh, I, yeah. I, I felt very, uh, very honored that he asked me to, to stop by, and and um, it was great to, to see him pay the accolades uh, that he was was paid yesterday for all of his years of service at D fifty one. But hundred yes. percent. Yeah. But also, would you rather live in Boulder, Colorado? Beautiful Rocky Mountains. You got the flat irons. You got illegal Pete's, Pearl Street, hit or miss, you know. You know. Or Maryland. <laughs> Maryland's got a nice campus. I don't, I, I've never been there, I, but I, just, I, I mean, I'm biased because I'm from, you know, Boulder County, and that's always going to be my home. Sure, it's a, it's, a, it's a gorgeous place. And, and what are you going to get? At, okay, you're going you're gonna to block for Tua's, Tua's, let's face it, not as successful brother or potential Heisman candidate Shador Sanders, which was what you said you wanted to do on FS1, on Undisputed, in front of Michael Irvin and, Shan- or, um, and um, Keyshaw Johnson and Skip I just, it, To me, number one, some, somebody should have been advising him, saying, let's not, unless you're sure, you need to be really, really sure. I mean, will, will people remember that forever? No, they won't. People's attention span is like that. But it's still a bad look that you went on there, made a big deal 
about Put on the Coach Prime blenders. Yep. Put on the Buffs hat. You're, you're going to go to Colorado. And Michael Irvin's on the phone. He's texting back and forth with Coach Prime and, and, and all this stuff. It makes you look like a damn fool. And, even, and he's a young man. Got caught up in the whole thing. But that, that, the deal, whoever was advising him should have said, Jordan, let's be really sure about this. You're going on national TV. Let's, you need to be certain that this is what you want. This is the program you want to go to. And, and now Maryland's been courting him. Um, we'll, we'll see what, I heard some rumors about Oregon at one point. But Oregon, well, Oregon, I can understand because that's that's Oregon, right? That's Bo Nix. That's, you know, that I can kind of understand, like, you know, maybe some having some second thoughts. Maryland this program is a little bit on the rise. I, you know, I, I know what you're Maryland. saying. Yeah, it is. It, it, all right, all right, all right. I mean, I, I, I get it that, but there's no, right now, even with everything that happened, how things ended this year, that Colorado still, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I mean, let's, let's not totally, <laughs> let's not totally crap on, on Maryland and on the University of Maryland. Your mascot's Co- a turtle, for Co- God's Col- sake. Colorado's a more attractive place right now because of Deion Sanders, because of Shadur, Shadur Sanders. Travis because, Hunter. Yeah, I I mean, for God's sakes, if I had any sort of physique in me, I would go play for Travis Hunter and Shadura Sanders and, and Coach Prime. I would totally. I'd probably hate it. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'd probably suck. Yeah. You, you mentioned you mentioned Oregon just briefly. I just, you know, Bo Nix, of course, moving on to the NFL. Dylan Gabriel. I mean, how how do you... <laughs> if you're Dan Lady, you, just, you get Bo Nix, that turns out to... Be fantastic. That works out in your favor. And now you get Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Just doesn't seem fair. All right, 714. Got some thoughts about recruiting yesterday. Colorado State, and we'll we'll talk more about the Rams too. It was more for Jay Norvell about keeping the guys that he has there already and not getting guys like Braden Fowler, Nicolosi to leave. Because there was some talk that he was thinking about going elsewhere. And, and so we'll, we'll dive into that coming up uh, later on this morning. You can text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team, phone line 970-242-1340. But, uh, you know, um, like I said, for, for high school football players we talked about, it, it's, it's a different world now. It's very different. But I will say this. There is something to be said about this kind of being an opportunity for schools like Colorado Mesa, or CSU Pueblo, Colorado School of Mines, right? Say, hey, Boulder didn't want you. Fort Collins didn't want you. We want you. Come on here. Play your, you know, and then if you play well enough at the D2 level in a very tough Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, you can elevate your status, and then maybe then, if you if that's what you want to still pursue, they can look at it and go, "Hey, this guy, we need to take a sure. another look at him." Yeah, I talked to Trevor Wickery yesterday a little bit. Mavs co-offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, and you know, they didn't want to go into details, understandably so. Saw Miles as well, and but uh, 
They feel like this is a really good class that they're, they're going to have coming in. Once again, the early signing period is not, for, for D2 is not really the time they That's, make hay. It's more, yeah. more the traditional signing period in February, but uh, they're, they are working very hard on that right now uh, over at Colorado Mesa. All right, um, a couple for the microwave here before we get to what's happening. From Dylan yesterday, uh, Christmas wine once watched my dad and uncle mess up the ham. Ooh. One time on Christmas really sucked because I was super hungry. And to say the least, my mom and aunt were not happy. Yep. Abs do look slow and seem to be having defensive breakdown after breakdown. Aren't they the oldest team in the league by age? I'd have to look that up. And we will at some point, Dylan. Uh, from Rob, my wine is Brian at CSU is not the expert on Christmas movies. I think we need to have holiday specials like old ones. We could have Clint Eastwood and Dolly Parton singing with Jelly Roll and Megan the Stallion. <laughs> just kidding. Rob's just, just kidding on that. Uh, Die Hard, thank you. Some of the guests you have apparently do not have the cinematic eye needed to recognize the nuances of classic films. I'll be honest, it's kind of sad. I can't imagine going through life be only being able to watch films through that lens. It must be very difficult for them. Thank you, Roger Ebert. Appreciate Die Hard. Cra- cracking on... Both Connor and Brian for not feeling that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right, seven seventeen. So, to uh, I believe it was Dylan's text, the Avalanche are not the oldest roster. In fact, actually, fairly middle of the pack. Um, their average age, effect, effective age, according to a website called Left Wing Lock, uh, they are average twenty eight point seven years on their roster so so it's not bad can you guess who the uh oldest team might be Mm, i have no idea eastern conference uh i'll say the rangers i don't i don't nope i don't pittsburgh penguins okay 31 i thought yarmir yager was retired (laughs) 31.6 oh okay Ooh. It's now, I'll need to double, triple check what their number is, because according to this website, they're looking at time on ice, adjusted biometrics for NHL rosters, updated daily. Okay, very good. So, all right, there you go. Coming up, Mark Johnson, voice the Buffaloes, it's time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality Reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow by providing network support, cybersecurity, surveillance, or a new business phone system. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. Denver Nuggets last night uh, on the road north of the border in Toronto, and star Nicole Jokic now has a 30-point game against every team in the NBA after Denver's 113 the 104 win at Toronto Wednesday night after he failed to reach double digits in points, rebounds, and assists in their win Monday against Dallas. Jokic scored 31 points along with 15 rebounds and six assists in the win over the Raptors. Denver coach Mike Malone says there were things that he didn't like and that he also liked about their game last night. You know, so, yeah, it wasn't the, the prettiest of second halves, but we're 500 on the road now. We've won three in a row. We had 62 in the paint, 18 on the glass, and 22 in transition. All great numbers. Denver's tied with Oklahoma City for second in the Western Conference. Both teams are two and a half games back in Minnesota. 
for the conference lead. The Broncos playoff chase continues Christmas Eve as 7 and 7 Denver hosts the 311 New England Patriots Sunday night. The Broncos are coming off a 42 to 17 loss to Detroit that was highlighted by head coach Sean Payton screaming at quarterback Russell Wilson after Denver had to settle for a field goal in the red zone. Wilson responded to a question about the exchange. I don't really try to pay attention to it, to be honest with you. I, I was there. I think I think um, <laughs> I think we both wanted to score a touchdown there. I think that's what that's you know, we all, all wanted to score. Denver, New England, Sunday night on the team sports network with pregame at four kickoff at six fifteen. It's Thursday night football on the team tonight as New Orleans heads to LA to face the Rams coverage starts. At 5.30, the CU Buffs football team announced 21 new players in Wednesday's early signing period. Five high school players and 16 transfers are heading to Boulder, while Coach Deion Sanders waits to hear about the top offensive tackle in the nation in Jordan Seaton. Seaton's committed to CU verbally, but is still considering an offer from Maryland. CSU announced 19 commitments. The Avalanche dropped their game in Chicago Tuesday at 3-2, but on the bright side, the two goals came from Valari Nachushkin after last season's incident in the Seattle Hotel during the playoffs. Nachushkin's made a big comeback and is dominating on Av special teams. Since November 13th, that's now 13 goals for number 13. And now tied for first in the National Hockey League in power play goals with nine. Everyone loves a comeback, and that's exactly what Valerian Nachushkin has been. It's been fantastic, and he's been almost impossible to stop. Avs radio voice, Connor McGahey. Avs take on the Senators of Ottawa at Ball Arena tonight. At 7 o'clock, Fruit of Monument and Palisade boys basketball teams end to the holiday break with wins. The Wildcats are 10-0 after defeating Eagle Valley, 71-42 Tuesday night at Fruta. The Wildcats' Daniel Thomason scored 17 points in the win. Bulldogs picked up a 55-45 win at Coleridge. Palisade's Cyrus Lawrence scored 13 points. The Bulldogs improve to 5-5. Five and five. In boys wrestling, Central host Montrose with Palisade hosting Meeker tonight. Both duels start at 6 o'clock. And that's... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. Coming up next, Mark Johnson, voice the Buffaloes on the Jim Davis Show. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Mark, how are you today? Well, same to you, Jim. It's a great time of year. It is a fantastic time of the year. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation, which is football recruiting, Buffs taking on Utah Tech tonight, Mark Johnson's favorite Christmas movie. What might that be? Well, I mean, you know, the easy answer is it's a wonderful life. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I still think that one's awful good. I'm, I'm just kind of racking my brain here real quick. But, uh, you know, I, I think if you're going to go for just a little good laugh at the holidays, you got to go at Christmas vacation. Of course. So, yeah, I think I think probably those two. Yeah, you know, you got you to gotta pump out that, uh, that RV. Oh, uh, it's full, you know. <laughs> it's full. <laughs> and the storm drain is the perfect place to pump all that stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, cities just love that when you when you do that kind of thing. Where are you on Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Because one of our our listeners, uh, his nickname is Die Hard, by the way, because he okay. he has such an affinity for this movie. So he's biased. Okay, maybe yes. make that clear. He's not objective in this. No, course. he it's a Christmas movie through and through for him. Brian Roth, your 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 counterpart over at CSU, yep. said yep. no, it's not a Christmas movie. Connor McGahey does the avalanche. No, it's not a Christmas movie. Where does Mark Johnson stand on Die Hard as a Christmas movie? 
Well, I, I, w- I always said yes, that it is a Christmas movie, until I saw Bruce Willis say, no, it's not. So who, who am I to argue with Bruce Willis, by the way? It's a star. He's John McClane. Right. Yeah. And so he's the one that said it absolutely is not a Christmas movie. And so I, I despite uh, your Die Hard, I've got to go with the guy that was in Die Hard and say, no, it's not a Christmas movie, okay. despite what I thought for many years. Uh, right, exactly. Because if yep. Bruce Willis is saying that, then who are we to judge exactly in, this right. whole, in this whole debate? When, when the, the voice from on high, in this case happens to be Bruce Willis, says it's not a Christmas movie, despite the fact that maybe the greatest president of all time is Hans Gruber Pauling of the <laughs> Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza or whatever it was called. <laughs> Which, by the way, one of the great... You know, I was watching... I, I, I flipped on uh, Quigley Down Under the other day. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he's in that. And I, I can't... I, I do have the same guy, right? That's Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yes. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I can't watch. There's that great scene at the end when, when he and Tom Selleck have the final showdown when he wants to play cowboy finally. And uh, I can't watch that without thinking about him falling from the Nakatomi Plaza. You know, and the great the, the look, the expression on his face as yes. he's falling, falling uh, to to his death at that final moment. Yeah, yeah. That's you, uh, you know my favorite uh, character in that movie is. Uh, help me out now. Who is the the the, the the schmaltzy uh, sales guy that goes in. He had the beard, remember? He went in to talk to Hans Gruber. He was kind of making a deal about the hostages, and he gets yeah. lost anyway. Yeah. That, that dude is my favorite character in that entire movie. <laughs> because if you've worked in radio, you probably worked with a sales guy oh, like oh, that. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. You have worked with that guy. You we bet. all know that guy, and then he gets smoked in that movie, of course, because he's a, you know... <laughs> He's, uh, he's not a yeah, particularly <laughs> great guy. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find that guy on their on their cast list. That, and he uh, was, you know, during that time, I don't remember what year that movie came out, but during that stretch in the 90s, he was in a lot of movies, and he always played the same guy. He was always kind of that schmaltzy, you know, unlikable, Herb Tarlick kind of character, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, in our industry, a guy that you probably have worked with yes, from exactly. the sales department at one point yeah. in your career. Um, Mark Johnson joining us today, voice of the Buffaloes. So yesterday was the early signing period. Uh, five high school recruits, 16 transfers, and you talked about what you're able to talk about, Mark, and, yeah. and don't, you know, about what you can't talk about, obviously. But uh, when, you, when you look at the, the numbers for Colorado, just, the, just the, you know, the, particularly with the high school numbers, they, they don't look great because of the five high school recruits. Uh, it it kind of drives the, the number down quite a bit. It's ranked 98, the high school class, which is last and now in the Big 12, which they're a member of. But you take that with the transfers, and the average player rating is 93.13, which leads the Big 12. And it's second nationally to Georgia, which had the best recruiting class of anybody in the early signing period yesterday. So it's it's an interesting combination of the high school numbers aren't great because the class is small, but the transfers with all those offensive linemen very impactful for Coach Prime. Well, well welcome to the Prime era. Yes. I mean, that, that's what it is. I mean, I, I got messages yesterday from people in full panic mode, and I, I kept saying to people, what, what, I, don't, I don't understand what you're panicking about. This isn't, it, it's not even five years ago. It's, it's not 2007 or 2008 anymore where it's all about the high school kids. Um, yes, if you look at the high school recruiting numbers, 97 or 98, whatever it is, that's awful low. When you look at the portal numbers, they're number one. I think last night when I went to bed, I think they were still number one uh, in that regard. And overall, number 21, I guess, is which is about what the class was a year ago. So you're in the top 25 in the country in that regard. It's a totally – we've got to recalibrate a little bit here because it's a totally different era uh, in which we're in from a recruiting standpoint. Now, um, 
You know, I, I think there's a legitimate question. You know, I had a guy say, well, what, what does that mean for the future? Well, that means for the future you're, you're playing this game where you want to stay portal heavy, and Prime spoke to that late in the season, if you remember. He talked a little bit about recruiting and what this is going to look like and said this is the way it's going to be while I continue to build the foundation here and make this thing successful, and then you kind of expand back into the high school uh, ranks, you know, as, as you kind of work your way forward. And, and so um, – is it comfortable if you're thinking from a traditional standpoint? No. Is it? Is it make sense if you're looking at kind of the modern world of recruiting? That that's what it's become right now. Do do I necessarily like where this thing is going? We've talked about that, Jim. I absolutely don't. But that's the way it is. And so he's taking advantage of the system as it sits right now. And and uh, you know they they met they they certainly filled needs yesterday on the offensive and defensive front. Fantastic. Uh, you know, as I can't mention his name, but you know, there's still a young man sitting out there. Apparently, he's come down to Colorado and and uh, Maryland, uh, and and so you know, a big time offensive lineman uh, could still be coming here, and they're hoping to get that done here in the next couple of days. I'm assuming, and and so we'll wait and see. But uh, needs were filled. Uh, they've got guys, and unlike kind of that traditional uh, recruiting uh, focus, if you will, you're bringing in guys who have at least played at this level and have had some successes this level, so you know what they are, more so than when you bring in the high school kid. So, you know, that, that's kind of a way to view it um, and the way that this thing is, has evolved over the course of time. And the high school players that, that have signed, the, 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 you know, there's three of them are four-star recruits with a guy like, yep. uh, you know, Brandon Davis Swain from, from Michigan, uh, Cameron McKell from, from Georgia, uh, Draylon Miller from, from Texas. These guys yep. are all, you know, four-star guys, and then they've got some, and the other two or three star recruits. So the ones that he that he is bringing in that are prep guys right now that have signed are 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 you know are, are four and three star recruits. These that's not chopped liver. That's not nothing. No, exactly right. And, you know, you're talking about kind of some of the. Uh, I, I saw somebody put out this morning. I just retweeted it. Uh, somebody that that uh, you know counts these things went and looked at the number of four and five star recruits in the Big Twelve in Colorado leads. In terms of their signing class, leads the, the, or I should say, the yeah, the Big Twelve, not the Pac twelve, the Big Twelve next year, and so they sign more high level recruits than, than anybody in the, in the conference that we're going to be part of uh, next season. And so, yeah, it, it's it's an odd deal for those of us who've been covering this for a long time to view how how you kind of assess this. Our our measuring stick has changed now, and so uh, by a lot of metrics, it, it's very positive what went down yesterday for for Coach Prime. And I mentioned Cameron McKell. He's the second highest rated receiver ever signed by the Buffs. Yeah, I mean that's once again that's not nothing for for Coach Prime. No, no, exactly right. And so you know uh, we we know how Prime likes his uh, skill guys, and he's brought in another one. And so yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. And, and what we do know about this, a lot of times, it was a great Joe Tiller who years ago. Uh, once told me the former Wyoming coach, and I was at Purdue as a very young Cub reporter, and I said to him something about liking his class, and he said, Mark, everyone likes your class on signing day. And then in August, when all the players uh, you know, crossed the state line coming to camp, they uh, gained two-tenths in their 40 time, and they shrank two inches, he said. And, and I kind of chuckled at that. But his point was that you know, when, when you bring in a recruiting class, traditionally speaking, you don't know what you have for a couple of years. Then you find out. Now, with what Coach Prime has done, we're going to find out immediately because virtually all of these guys, uh, maybe you know the five guys who signed from out of the high school ranks, maybe two or three of them will be playing, but the rest of those guys can be expected to come in and play right away. So we're going to evaluate this class immediately once spring ball gets underway, and certainly once fall camp gets underway. And that transfer group of offensive linemen, they have, they have all played, 
you know, different schools, obviously, but, but, but a lot of snaps. There's a lot of experience that's coming in with that group of transfer offensive linemen, which Coach Prime has said, you know, the objective in this class is to, to protect the quarterback, run the football, and, 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 you know, improve the defense. And I think that he's been able to do that with what, uh, what this class looks, right, looks like right now. And if I can say his name, you can't, but uh, Jordan Seaton, the IMG Academy uh, top uh, prep tackle in the country, who is from Maryland. He did play in the Washington, D.C. He did play in Washington, D.C. for a few years before going to IMG Academy in Florida. That's believed to be some of the reason trying to pull the heartstrings of, of going back home for him after he made that uh, announcement that he was going to Colorado on uh, FS1 on Undisputed here uh, a week or so ago. We're talking with Mark Johnson. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. And, and Jim, I'll say this, too. If, if you're noticing, so the, the young man you're talking about that I'm not allowed to talk about. Sure. Uh, I, I could talk in general terms. Voldemort. Right. Yeah. And, and so think about what the young man has done in this age of attention and a hype and hyperbole and what we've done with this kind of thing. He kind of has used the system to his advantage here. And I've always been a little bit leery of that with what we've done and how we've hyped this thing. And, and made it seem like, you know, you know this, this is signing a, a, an NFL free agent in the prime of his career, which it is not. And, and so what he's done in this new way, adding the new NIL layer to this, you up your exposure. So this young man went on a national show and made an announcement and created a media firestorm. And, you know, that, that's been fanned now over the last couple of weeks. And he's using this to his advantage in that's that, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable with the way this thing's unfolding and what this has become because we don't know. Now, now projections are off the charts, but we don't know because we have never seen right. uh, what this young, young man is going to be about. And so we create this uh, unbelievable wave of energy and attention and expectation for an 18-year-old human being. And then when we get you know they, they get to campus, wherever that might be, they may turn out to be not a football player at all it's happened many many times and it's it's just it's really interesting what we've done from i think more from a psychological emotional and sociological standpoint with this whole thing because it's it, we, we set a lot of people up to fail let's put it that way yeah no doubt and my, my comment and you know, to kind of use a little uh, coach prime expression to me it looks like a darn fool because he you know but he's <laughs> but, he, but here's the thing our attention span anymore is so short People are going to dwell on Jordan Seaton announcing that he's going to go to Colorado if he changes his mind and goes to Maryland. People will forget about that very quickly, and he knows that. And that's it's yeah. I don't I don't like leveraging well, you know the Colorado program and taking advantage of of the the brand name right now that's red hot to do. I'll open up more opportunities for him, but I guess in some way you got to applaud the the savviness of whoever, whether it's Jordan Seaton or somebody else that's that's telling him that that was a a good way to approach it, but uh, yeah. yeah we'll, well, look, look at the young man that went uh, that went to Oregon yesterday, right? And 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 kind of the shenanigans that that he did during his his announcement. You know, uh, my, my wife always says, you know, cheer for your team, don't cheer against the other team, right? So what what did he do? He he sits down at a table, you know, all kinds of media attention, pulls out a University of Colorado hat, puts it on his head, and then throws it aside and discards it, no. and, and then picks yeah. up the Oregon thing and. And so there's just a lot about this that's a little bit uh, unsavory, let's put it that way. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's what the world is right now, it's, but it's not certainly not the way I think it should be, nor I think you think it should be either. We're talking with the Buffs voice, Mark Johnson, Colorado on the hardwood tonight, takes on a, a program that we're familiar with in the past, uh, 
The artist formerly known as Dixie State to play in the RMAC against our Mavericks here in town. Now Utah Tech and for Colorado, 8-2. and two, uh, you've won, Buffs won three straight for their last five. Uh, so uh, Colorado after the, the win over Northern Colorado on a, on a good stretch right now. Yeah, playing very good basketball. K.J. Simpson has been playing out of his mind right now. In fact, you know, Troy Andre, who uh, handles the basketball sports information, sent out a number yesterday. And I'm trying to pull it up front. Yeah, right here it is. Um, currently the only player in the nation shooting over 55%, 45% from three and 90% from, from the foul line. I mean, he's playing phenomenal uh, basketball right now. So, I mean, that, that's some pretty heavy stuff right there. Uh, in the top five of the Pac-12 and in scoring. And, and he's, he's evolved. You know, coming to this season, obviously Tristan De Silva was a preseason All-American. We talk about him. We should. Uh, Cody uh, Williams, McDonald's All-American. We should talk about him. Cage, I don't want to say was the forgotten guy, but he was like the third wheel of those of the big three, if you will. And he, right now, he's playing phenomenal basketball. He, you know, I think back to great point guards that have come through here in recent years. McKinley Wright certainly, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie. They got to a point, and generally about their junior year, where the maturation process catches up to their physical ability. And KJ is hitting that same point right now in his career where the assist numbers are up, the turnovers are down, he's playing smarter basketball and not just relying upon great physical talent. And, and he's really leading this team right now. It's a lot of fun to watch. And, and uh, you know, you don't want to put the card ahead of the horse. They've got to win this ball game tonight. And then they've got the two Washington schools coming in to open a Pac-12 play uh, at the end of the calendar year. They've got a real chance of being 11-2 and going to play you know, a top-five team in Arizona uh, down in Tucson here in a couple of weeks. And uh, they're playing very good basketball. I think that there's a very good chance that's going to happen, and that could be a whale of a matchup. But uh, a lot of basketball ahead of this, uh, that, obviously. But I just started looking at that last night when I was sitting down and working through some of the prep for today's game. And, you know, the guys you mentioned, De Silva, K.J. Simpson, you know, obviously Cody Williams has been fantastic as well. Yep. But, but Julian Hammond third. He's been a really consistent player for Tad, hasn't he? Ten points per game. He's averaging fifth in the team in assists. He's he's just been a very steady player, providing some of that depth scoring. When when I, he got here, and remember he comes out of Cherry Creek High School. He was a very good you know quarterback, won a couple of state championships, uh, leading the Bruins, and chose basketball. And I watched him, and I thought, you know, he's a nice athlete. I think he could be an okay player for Tad. And uh, I you know I, I thought he'll be a, a guy deeper on the bench and. He's turned out to be far better than I thought he would. He's a, he's a competitor, and you know he's he's made himself into a very good shooter, shooting forty five or forty six percent or something like that from three right now. He's got a little bit of a turnover bug he's, he's dealing with this season, but he's really turned out to be one of those glue guys. He and Luke O'Brien, I always look at with this team and say they go out and, and don't get a lot of the, the you know the, the press coverage and a lot of the hoopla, but they make this team good because of what they're able to do from a role standpoint. So, yeah, I'll, he's going to be one of those guys, when his career is over, for many, many years, I'll talk about one of the great uh, contributors for this program has been Julian Hammond. I love the way he plays. Mark, always appreciate it. Five o'clock tonight for that game over at, uh, of course, uh, the Event Center, Colorado and Utah Tech. And, uh, Mark, Merry Christmas to you, the misses, Jake, uh, grandkids, uh, your daughters as well. Uh, uh, once again, uh, always appreciate you coming on with us. You bet, Jim. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners over there. All right, thank you. Take care. All right, Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffaloes, joining us in the program today. All right, um, 742, it's time for sound check. 
Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So we teased this a little bit yesterday. The uh, brand new Hotels.com commercials featuring none other than Nikola Jokic and teammate Peyton Watson. So I got a little bit of a two-parter here. So this is one of the commercials um, with Nikola Jokic, Peyton Watson, walking into a hotel with a miniature horse. You sure this is cool? Hey, little guy. Relax, this place is pet friendly. <laughs> What's funny? You know, two guys and a horse walking to a hotel. This is a pony. Now, what makes that even better is if you hear it, you can you can hear that the piano is playing the song Pony by the artist Genuine. So the commercial itself, pretty funny. The bloopers, though, oh, man. You know, Peyton. <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, this is a. Uh, I need to get into the acting acting character. Cool. Are the same as a hotel. I don't. I don't want to translate that. I forgot my line. I don't like messing. I don't like He's eating my finger. Look at him. But horse is watching too. I don't like horses around. Okay. Got it I love that he is cursing in both English and Serbian. I really need to cut the part out as a drop where he's like, I don't like messing. I don't like messing. I don't like messing. So if you get a chance, obviously since this is an audio format, it doesn't quite do it justice. So go watch it. It's on it's on all the socials right now. Peyton Watson and Nikola Jokic <laughs> in a Hotels.com commercial. No, it's a pony. Oh, it's a pony. It's so good. It's a pony. All right, it's 7.45. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets getting a big win north of the border last night against Toronto. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the holidays, and family time is the best time. From the Grand Valley to Rifle, Delta to Montrose, this is the Jim Davis Show. Seven forty-eight. Jim, along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Feel bad for um for Die Hard today. Feel bad for him because he's over three in the the uh, Jim Davis Show announcer broadcaster guests debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But also, don't feel too bad for Keith because he was our winner yesterday for yeah. Wine About It Wednesday. So, so, so congratulations to Die Hard. Uh, Alice was the name of the guy that was the. Um, the character that Mark was looking for. Okay. The schmooze. I was trying to find him on on the cast on IMBD for Die Hard. 
and I couldn't find the actor's name. That guy was so slimy, such a slimy guy. I'd like to say that, by the way, I'm making that comment about salespeople. Our salespeople are not like that. That's That character, and like the Herb Tarla character from WKRP, very, very old school, very much figures of the past. I, I have the name. You have I the guy. Think. This is the actor's name. The actor's name is a gentleman by the name of Hart Bochner. Bachner. Okay. Um, he played Ellis. Supposedly, he played Ellis. In, in I'll, go, I'll go with it. I'll talk to him. Hey, Hans. How you doing? Hey, buddy. What's it gonna take for me to put you in that that brand new car? Um. Kenny, by the way, sending that in to us. Also, best Christmas movie is Basic Instinct. I'm pretty sure I saw a house with lights on in it in one of the great scenes. Okay, Kenny. <laughs> by the way, I want to thank Kenny for the really nice Christmas card that he sent us here at the radio station. A little family Christmas card. Thank you, Kenny. That was very, very thoughtful of you. Yes, thank you. And also, I need to thank Guru Gary, who uh, sent us a box of chocolates and also... Um, Sent us a really nice card as well. Aw. So Thanks, thank, guru. You, thank you to the guru for that. We do appreciate that. All right, 751. Nikola Jokic didn't register a a double in anything the other night in the Dallas game. Well, that changed last night in Toronto where the Nuggets uh, go north of the border and uh, they get the victory last night, 113 to 104. So he finishes with 31 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists. He now has a 30-point game against every team in the league. That's insane. That was the last one that he had not had a 30-point game against. That he took care of last night with the victory. Here's Michael Malone. Things he liked about last night's game. Also, some things he did not like about the Nuggets win at Toronto. Yeah, I thought the first half we played great. And then you could tell right away in that third quarter. Uh, Scotty Barnes was a hell of a player. He was just putting his head down, putting a lot of pressure on defense in transition. Make, miss, turnover. Uh, we did a poor job of closing that third quarter. I think it was 11-5 to five for them. And then, um, yeah, we put our starters back in, and uh, obviously we were able to get some, a few stops, execute on offense. KCP made a big three. Michael made a big three. Um, you know, so, yeah, it wasn't the, the prettiest of second halves, but we're 500 on the road now. We've won three in a row. We had 62 in the paint, 18 on the glass, and 22 in transition, all great numbers. And uh, once again, 29 assists and only nine turnovers. So uh, did some good things out there. But, yeah, our defense has to be better than it was in the second half. All right. So that's a little post Malone with Coach Michael Malone. Uh, Jamal Murray had 20 points last night. Uh, Jamal with a couple of threes. Aaron Gordon had 12 points last night. Michael Porter Jr. finishing uh, with 12 points. Uh, he also hit a couple of threes for the Nuggets. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 10 points. So everybody, as far as the Nuggets starters, finishing in double figures. And then Nikola Jokic's uh, partner in crime in the commercial you played, Peyton Watson, uh, 11 points last night. Good night off the bench for him. And uh, Julian Strother, uh, Reggie Jackson, each with seven points apiece last night. Nuggets uh, right now are uh, two and a half back of the Minnesota Timberwolves for first place in the Western Conference. So the, uh, uh, other Nuggets also with Oklahoma City as well. They're tied for second in the West. The other crazy stat that I saw was Nikola Jokic... With the 32 and the 16, 400 career double-doubles in his NBA career. Just 400. Just insane. It's nuts. 
but it's further proof once again of his greatness and and how the NBA circles. And and I know that we've you know we got the banner, we got the ring. You know, L.A., you can have your little midseason tournament banner, and that's fine. You it's know? like, yeah, but they hung it. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, all right, cool. Awesome. Have fun celebrating this thing that in three years is going to die anyway. So, you know, good for you. Good for you, Los Angeles. We swept you in the Western Conference Finals. I, so Denver's got the one that matters. That's okay. That's, that's all we need. Uh, you mentioned Scotty Barnes. Michael Malone did for the Raptors. 30 points last night, 10 rebounds. He had a, a really good performance uh, last night uh, in that uh, – that game against the Nuggets. So uh, Denver, uh, as mentioned, they are now uh, two and a half back in Minnesota, uh, tied with Oklahoma City for second in the Western Conference. Uh, Avalanche, uh, they're in action tonight. Uh, they t- host Ottawa at uh, Ball Arena. Uh, but we will have Thursday night football tonight. The New Orleans Saints heading to L.A. to take on the Rams tonight at SoFi pregame at 530 on the Team Sports Network. We'll talk more about that game also. Give you some sound from... Uh, Broncos media day yesterday as they get ready to uh, take on the New England Patriots. Uh, so uh, we'll have that for you and around the NFL. Plus the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is in text or call us Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Bird Dog over at Bird uh, Family Insurance. Happy holidays, gentlemen. Best holiday movie, Elf. On a lighter side, love the Joker Nuggets are crushing teams in hockey country. <laughs> it's always good. It's always good. Or Doug, we appreciate uh, your your listenership, your support of what we do here on the radio station. All right, uh, coming up next, as I mentioned, we'll go around the NFL. Still time to text in today. We've got some thoughts, predictions about the Broncos and the Patriots. Uh, by the way, very quickly, tomorrow will be a holiday edition of the show, so we'll just have two hours tomorrow with our football picks at 840 tomorrow uh, right here on the Jim Davis Show. Hour two is up next.